Amen. Thank you, platform workers. Thank you for your liberality. Amen. This morning. So if you, on the back board, uh, we have the elections coming up. It's very critical you vote. Uh, amen. You're 18. Uh, it's not only a right uh, privilege, but it's responsibility uh, that we have as adults. Amen. We vote. So I want to encourage everyone of you to vote. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but you come to me, you're going to ask, and I'll tell you how I'm voting. Uh, but we've done some research on, uh, you know, the school boards, the mayors, different things, local elections, trying to figure out what they believe, who they are. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you come talk to me, my wife, or the Nickersons. We've put some effort into that, trying to find out who they are, what they believe. So uh, anyway, but vote, go out and vote. Uh, know who you're voting for. Just don't check it, check And So uh, amen. So I said that. Let's go to our text uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, I announced Wednesday night I'm going to do a part two of what I preach because, I mean, I don't know if you feel it, but this month, uh, greater than any other month, you feel the demonic at work. Uh, we know that October, Halloween, and I'm driving around my neighborhood and it seems like they're, they're decorating for Halloween like they would for Christmas. And even worse, uh, I mean, just the demonic. I mean, me and Mona's talking when we were younger. Uh, people would, de- you know, decorate for Halloween with uh, smiley faces on pumpkins and, and ghosts with smiley faces. But today it's so demonic. I mean, uh, you know, these kids walking to the door, they're going to be scared to death the time they get there anyway. Uh, but I thought, you know, that's the hour that we're living. We can feel a real demonic push. Uh, in our hour we live, it's in the movies, it's in uh, just society, different things. So uh, this month especially, you can really feel it. So uh, this tells us that we're in a spiritual warfare with the demonic, amen, with demon forces, Ephesians 6.12. Paul said we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities, against rulers of darkness and uh, the, of this age, against heavenly hosts of wickedness and heavenly Places. Then he says, above all, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. So Paul's giving us a picture here of warfare. Amen. We're in a battle. Amen. We're fighting demonic forces. And he says, listen, uh, above all, take that shield of faith that can stop these fiery darts that are aimed to inflame your mind, inflame your flesh. I meant to be disobedient to God. You know, the reason uh, for many of your mind battles, let me throw out a few things, your mind battles, your headaches, your physical illnesses, symptoms of depression, arguments in marriage, is because of the spiritual battle that we're engaged in. So these things were not just happening to happen. Uh, amen. Me and my wife noticed a pattern a while back, and we've been talking about it uh, uh, I mean, especially this month, I mean, some of the arguments or disagreements, uh, uh, we, and we stop ourselves, that's demonic. That's, that's, uh, that's from hell. Uh, we're fighting the battle. So, and we also know sometimes the headaches or the spiritual mind battles we're getting in uh, uh, just straight from hell. So uh, I want you to get that in your mind this morning. So as believers, uh, we're not going to escape the assaults of hell. Uh, Satan is going to shoot his fiery darts, but we do have a shield, uh, amen, that we can put up to stop these demonic uh, arrows from hitting us. But uh, touched on dominion uh, Wednesday night, I want to hit on that today. Dominion means sovereignty 
rule or power over. This is talking about in the area of the mind that we rule, that we have a dominion over the demonic as the demonic would assault our mind come against our life, that you and I would have an authority of God in our minds that we would rule uh, in these times and not be ruled. Can you say amen? Second, or first, or Colossians 2.15 says, Casting or having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So we can imagine in those days when a ruler would defeat another king, one king defeat another, what they would do, they would bring them uh, home and they would parade them in front of him as they, uh, having this parade as the, the general would come home, he'd, uh, the general has been defeated, their army had put them out front and make a public, public spectacle of them, uh, their defeated foe. And, and Jesus did this with demonic, we can see with uh, spiritual eyes, uh, amen, when Jesus went to hell and, and, and just wiped out the demonic and Jesus rose from the grave, the Bible said that uh, Jesus triumphed over them, made them a public spectacle. So if we can see in the spiritual this morning that Jesus uh, amen, led this, his defeated foe, the demonic, uh, uh, Satan, all of his demonic sickness, rebellion, all, it's defeated. Uh, they are, they are a defeated foe this morning. That's why dominion is so important is that we get our mind around this and we take the dominion given to you and I so we enter into spiritual battle because the devil's a good liar. He's going to say, no, I rule, I have dominion, uh, uh, but he doesn't. And Jesus defeated the enemy for you and I, but you and I have to get a hold of this uh, and take this rule personally. Uh, in my mind, I'm going to rule, I'm going to have dominion, I'm going to have a spiritual authority uh, in my life, and that's important if we're going to be victorious and win battles. So uh, let's read uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 through 10. This is our text. And Paul gives us a picture of the Christian life here. Let's read it together. So now we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be, uh, may be from God and not from us. We are, we are pressured in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Uh, we are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. Verse 16. Uh, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day uh, for our monetary light afflictions is uh, producing in us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, give us dominion in our minds, a spiritual rule. God, we would rule over our enemy. God, through your word, through faith, God, we would stand this morning. I pray, give us insight uh, into the spiritual, God, into what you have done for us. You have defeated hell, the demonic, uh, by your cross, by your resurrection. God, you have made your church victorious. Help us grasp that, God, get that in our spirit, God, that we can have dominion in all of life. And God's people say, Amen. So the Christian life, Paul says, is full of up and downs, uh, sharp turns, windy roads spiritually. Uh, 
But he goes on to say, uh, this extraordinary power in us gives us a dominion. Amen. We are clay jars, amen. But in this clay jar is this powerful uh, dimension of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, that comes to fight for us. Let's look at dominion this morning. I'm going to look first, do you have dominion? Let's start straightening the shoot. Do you have dominion this morning? See, many times we have a wrong mindset. We think that dominion has to do with the external, uh, what we're going through, what is happening to me. First uh, Samuel, good example. David is living in a cave, uh, but he has more dominion in his life than King Saul, who is living in a palace uh, with his army around him. David understands that uh, dominion is not what I have on the outside, what's happening to me. Dominion uh, is who I belong to, amen, and who is in me. Uh, that's my dominion. John 5 uh, shows us the mindset of many in the kingdom of God today. The crippled man of the pool of Bethsaida, verse 7, Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, I don't have a man to put me in the pool and the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another uh, steps down ahead of me. I'm a victim is what he's saying. Other people always step in front of me. I don't have anybody to help me. Uh, uh, listen, uh, you're not going to have dominion as long as you're a victim. As long as you have that victim, and victim mentality, poor me. Uh, somebody's always getting something. Uh, somebody's always ahead of me. Uh, that's not dominion. Uh, amen. And God wants to give us dominion this morning. Philip, uh, in John 1, Philip says to Nathaniel, We have found the Messiah. Come and see. And Nathaniel said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? In other words, uh, Nathaniel's, in Nathaniel's mind, dominion is linked to a location. And because Jesus is uh, uh, from Nazareth, a poor city, it's impossible. Amen. But listen, uh, dominion has nothing to do with the exterior. It has nothing to do with uh, what you're going through, where Jesus was from. Uh, uh, amen. Dominion has nothing to do with them elements. You know, another mistake people make is that dominion has to do with wealth. If I can just own this or possess that, Yet Paul, in, Paul is in prison, has nothing, and he writes two-thirds of the New Testament. And people uh, today still name their boy Paul. That's dominion, right? Uh, I mean, so it can't be what we have, the wealth that we have. So dominion has to do with Jesus living in you, and, and you and I processing life through Him, His Word, uh, how we think, how we react to trials, temptations, and and the pains and different things. Uh, dominion is when you realize we're the clay jar, yes. Uh, but we have this power working in us, living in us. Uh, and whatever we go through in life, if we, uh, if we traffic through that, amen, our mind uh, uh, is bringing every word, every thought through that extraordinary power. Listen, you're going to have dominion. When you bring your words, your thoughts, and your, uh, the things you fight through, uh, Jesus Christ and His powerless, you're going to have some dominion. You know, the reason Israel never had dominion is because they never believed God in times of crisis. In times of hardship and difficulty, uh, they complained, they, uh, you know, they rebelled, all the, but they never believed God. So if you want dominion, you're going to have to give your mind to the Word of God. You have to run your thoughts and your words through this power that lives in you and I, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? 
Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being, her being in the form of God thought it not rivalry uh, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself a form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the obedient of the cross. So Jesus wasn't looking to be served, but to, he was to serve people. Many people spend their whole life running after things in this world, and at the end, uh, they're empty. Uh, Jesus didn't come for that. Amen. Uh, um, you know, as Christians, you may spend your whole life pursuing God uh, and not end up with the things of the world that other people have, but at the end, uh, amen, you have a dominion. At the end, uh, uh, you hear the words, "Good, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Listen, that's worth any more than anything this world can give you. Amen. So we're talking about dominion. Do you rule in your mind uh, this morning? Because uh, God gives us every opportunity that you and I can have a spiritual authority uh, in our mind. We can rule in every circumstance, every difficulty. Paul in our text begins, he explains all these different dynamics. Uh, but he said, listen, uh, we're not ruled by that, but we have a spiritual rule in our life. You know, don't fall into the thinking that dominion it's also about personality, looks, gifting, and possessions. I, I've heard that before. Well, if I was like that person, if I had what they had, if I, uh, you know, if I was in their shoes, my life would be better. That's not true. Samson uh, has incredible strength. He carries uh, away you know, the, the, uh, the gates of a city, kills a lion with his bare hands. I mean, oh, that's impressive. Yet he had no dominion over temptation, Judges 16.20. And she said to, and she said, the Philistines, uh, amen, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. But I did not know the Spirit of God departed from him. Amen. So dominion doesn't have to do with talent. Thank God for talent, but that doesn't mean you have dominion. I know some incredibly talented people had absolutely no dominion. They couldn't pray and raise a grasshopper to life. <laughs> right? You, you know, it's true. You know, dominion is Jesus living in you and you possessing life through Him and His Word. That's where dominion is. When Jesus lives in you and you know it, uh, and whatever circumstance you're in life, you're processing that through His Word, through the Spirit of God, through His uh, I mean, what he's speaking to you, you're running things through that. I'm telling you, you have dominion. When you pray, God, what do you want me to do? God, what's your word say? What are you speaking? Uh, I'm telling you, you will have incredible dominion in your mind. Uh, and then whatever circumstance you face in life, you can get through it victoriously. And the reason a lot of Christians fail today is simply because uh, they lack dominion. Don't get mad at me, I'm telling the truth. So dominion is Jesus living in you and you processing life through that word, Ephesians 4.14. And we henceforth have uh, be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. How about it's a lack of dominion? Uh, you got to know what you believe and believe what you know. Amen. Yeah. And process life through that. Yeah. Paul, the problem is people are just being tossed around because they don't have any dominion. People are telling them whatever and they're believing it. 
See, when you have dominion, life is not kicking you around uh, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. You ha- you're in control. When you have dominion, uh, I mean, uh, you talk to people you know that, that, that are living for God and, and have a godly mind, uh, they, they, they're stable. They're not being kicked around. I mean, they, they have it together, right? 2 Thessalonians 2.2 2. Be not soon shaken in mind or be, in, or in, uh, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us as the day the Lord had, had come. Amen. So people are being moved here simply because they don't have any dominion. Again, dominion is not about position. If I just had that position in the church, if I was just had that title, uh, man, I would have dominion. That's not true either. Amen. We see in Genesis 49, verse 3, it says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power, but unstable as water, you shall not excel. He has no dominion. Uh, you study his life, no king, no priest, no prophet, ruler uh, ever came to the tribe of Reuben. Uh, amen. He has this great position. He's the firstborn in and back in that day, man, if you were the firstborn, you had everything. Everything was given the double portion, but he's unstable as water, so position does not mean dominion. So here's a man in the natural, has ability, strength, uh, uh, dignity, but yet unstable as water. So what about you this morning? Do you have any dominion? See, dominion is highlighted in the storms of life. In the crisis of life, that's where we begin to see somebody's lack of dominion or dominion. I watch people as they go through things. Because that gives me a broad picture of where they are spiritually many times. Uh, I've seen people go through little things. Uh, and, and man, it's like they're crumbling. I've seen people go through major things. Uh, and like you didn't even know. If you didn't know what they were going through, you wouldn't even know anything was happening. Uh, so do you have dominion this morning? Mark 4.38, Jesus and his disciples are in the midst of a storm. And disciples are terrified, but Jesus is asleep uh, on a pillow. That's always amazed me. I mean, they're all flipping out. Uh, I mean, and they're with Jesus. Come on. You know the ship ain't going down. Uh, Jesus never did go down. He'd raise you all back up anyway. Uh, uh, but they're, they're flipping out. They're terrified. And Jesus is asleep uh, uh, on a pillow. So what about you? Do you have dominion in the crisis of life? When there's financial uh, issues, uh, marital issues, do you have dominion? uh, Or do you flip out over every small thing? uh, uh, Is your life driven by your emotions? Because listen, uh, dominion is an issue this morning. Uh, Dominion is going to excel you forward. So dominion, Philippians 4, dominion is a peace that passes all understanding. It says this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, You can be in the most severe battle, trial, difficulty, but listen, if you've got a peace of mind, I mean, you're going to make it through and no problems. Like I said, we won't even know you had any issues uh, unless you say something. That's a picture of dominion. Uh, Mark 4, uh, 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great 
come. Uh, that's dominion. Jesus didn't flip out. We don't see Jesus. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, uh, help me. You know, I mean, he, I mean, he's a picture of dominion. And if he's in us, uh, if he's living in us, if we're a clay jar, amen, that's filled with this power of God, this extraordinary power of Jesus Christ, uh, we don't have anything to fear. The boat, the ship's not going to sink. You're not going to die uh, uh, when Jesus is in the boat with you. Acts 27. It's a terrible storm. They're throwing things overboard. Verse 22, Paul stood and said these words. Uh, now I urge you to take courage because uh, there will be no loss of any of our lives, but only the ship. For this night an angel of God uh, 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 stood beside me, amen, and said, he begins to say some things, but here's Paul, everybody's flipping out, they're throwing uh, the luggage, the tackle, everything over, we're going to die, is the, is the message of the hour on that boat, but Paul stands up and says, listen, I believe God, and you read that in context, it settled everybody's fears, uh, he began to give them the word of God, and these fearful, terrified people, uh, amen, that were on that boat, over 200, I believe, uh, on that boat, but Paul's words settled them. Uh, that's dominion. When you stand in faith and you begin to speak God's word at a, at a critical hour, amen, in the middle of a severe battle, listen, your words of dominion can settle the whole thing. You know, if you really believe that you belong to Him, why do you freak out? Right? I mean, if we really believe that we're a child of God, we're a child of God, we belong to Him, why do we flip out? Oh my gosh, you know. No, we're, we're, we belong here. We're going to be fine. 1 Samuel 17, I love this. David said to the Philistines, You come against me with a dagger, spear, and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. I mean, powerful, right? I mean, if we learn how to speak that, I mean, when we're facing our giants, when we're facing our difficulties, uh, we can identify this is demonic, this is from hell. Uh, listen, you're not going to win because my God's bigger. Uh, God's going to move for me. That's the language of David. He has dominion. Everybody else out there, you know, the, all the soldiers, you're crazy. Uh, God's never going to move, but God did move. And the voice of dominion prevailed, uh, and we know that Israel came after David and got a great victory. Let's look secondly at discovering, or uh, dominion discovers destiny. I want to go to the book of Ruth for this. you got your Bible, book of Ruth, chapter 1. But dominion discovers destiny. People have dominion. And this is why it's so critical that you and I uh, be, we pray, we read our Bible, we live by faith, we get a dominion in our mind and our life, because listen, that dominion discovers a destiny. Uh, Ruth, chapter 1, verse 16, says, Ruth says, and treat me not to leave you, nor to return from following after you. Whether you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Where your, pe your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I shall die. And there, be, uh, where, uh, and there will I be buried. And the Lord do to me, and more so to me, if anything but death separate you and me. When uh, Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, then she quit speaking to her. So dominion decision will always be tested here. In those days, a woman's life, dignity, identity, and hope, uh, even uh, uh, prosperity was linked to her husband. 
in those days, uh, wasn't like today, you know, and I mean, she was linked to him, uh, and she, and he was, uh, everything is in that sense to her identity, her dignity, her hope, uh, it was in her husband, and we know here her husband has died, Naomi's husband, they're all, all the husbands dead, verse 11, Naomi said, return home, my daughters, why do you want to go with me? Uh, am I able to have any more sons and give that could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. Go on. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I uh, thought about, you know, she goes on to say, I couldn't bring, uh, uh, you know, ba- boys, you wouldn't wait on them anyway. But so she's trying to get them to go back to their own husband uh, or their own land, maybe get married again, get a husband, uh, maybe get a new identity there. But Naomi said, listen, there's no hope with me. Uh, life is going to be hard. Uh, go back. Maybe you can get a husband. And so this is what's going on in the background. Listen, uh, uh, the two sister-in-laws, Naomi, all their husbands have died. Naomi, Naomi is going to go back to Jerusalem. And, and the, the, the two girls are push, being pushed back to their own land. Emotions are involved. Verse 14, Ophrah. Kiss Naomi and return, verse 15. But uh, Ruth clanged to her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people, to her God, follow your sister-in-law. So listen, the demonic is trying to push her away from destiny. The demonic, the, uh, amen, the, the forces of hell are trying to push Ruth back. Uh, go back home. There's no hope in following Naomi, uh, but... Ruth is set in her spirit. I believe she's got a dominion in her life because uh, Naomi's probably, no doubt, told her about the God of Israel and she has got faith stirred in her heart. She's got a hope. She's got a destiny. She knows it. Uh, and she's pushing forward. I'm going to be with Naomi. Listen, every decision you make for God will be challenged. We know that, right? And this is where you need dominion because decisions will be challenged. I remember when, throughout my life, when I said, I'm going to live for God, especially when we were younger, we pastored a few other churches, when I'm going to go to this city, I'm going to do this and that. That was challenged. So every decision you make is going to be challenged. Ophrah uh, represented much of the church world today. Or Ophrah, however you want to say it. They love God, they're involved, they're enthusiastic until it's all on the line. Amen. So Orpha looked like the real deal. She looked like, man, I'm all in. When it's going to cost them, uh, they go back to Moab. Moab represents the flesh, that which contends uh, against God. When Israel was leaving Egypt, it was Moab uh, that came out against them. Moab hired Balak. Uh, remember the story to curse Israel. So Moab in Scripture represents the flesh. So here's Ophrah. Uh, she, her faith is challenged. What's she going to do? Uh, because she lacks dominion, she went back to the flesh. It's like when you make a decision for morning prayer, that's going to be challenged by your laziness. That's going to be challenged by sleep. Uh, uh, you try to pull the covers off, it's like that flesh pulls them back on. I ain't getting up. There's, there's going to be challenged. Uh, when you read your Bible, I'm going to read so many chapters today. I mean, that's going to be challenged. Your flesh, Moab, is going to challenge your dominion uh, to see if you're really going to read uh, that much. I'm going to start fellowship, and I'm going to open my home uh, to other people to start having 
fellowships in my life, that's going to be challenged. Uh, and, 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 you know, your dominion is going to show which one's going to win. You know, Ruth going to, uh, amen, to, to Judea or, or Bethlehem is faith. She has no idea how this is going to turn out, but she's going to believe God. That's most of the time, isn't it? We're not real sure how this is going to turn out. Paul and Sukima, they, they don't, we have no blueprint. Uh, they're going to go to Williamsburg, man, revival is going to break out. Thing. We have no blueprint. We're believing God, though. We, we've seen this as a fellowship. We understand uh, some dynamics, but listen, it's by faith. We're sending them out. Uh, by faith, they're going to go to Williamsburg. Uh, I believe they're going to have revival. Uh, and, but listen, it's all by faith, especially on them. You know, men and women that get out of the military and stay here is an act of faith. I mean, when Pastor Kovos got out, Stephen got out, uh, others, uh, the decisions that faced him, uh, getting a job. Uh, if you remember Pastor Kovos, man, mowed grass for some time. Then he worked as a cook at a, at a hospital. It wasn't what he wanted to do, but he knew that I need to get out, and his dominion uh, was there. Uh, he fought through it, and today he's glad he did that. But listen, your dominion will be challenged. Uh, your decisions will be challenged. You say, I'm going to do the will of God. Dominion is in the crisis of life where you see beyond the natural and you make decisions based on the spiritual. This is what Ruth did. Ruth has the ability here to see beyond the natural. She, she sees, if I go back to Moab, the flesh, Listen, uh, even if I get another husband, it's going to be a bad scene uh, uh, because, they're, because their God is not the God of Israel. It's not the living God that we serve. Uh, she understands that I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go back to Jerusalem uh, or Bethlehem. I'm going to believe God. Let me ask, do you make decisions based on uh, the natural or the spiritual? When you're in a crisis, when you have to make decisions, your dominion is being challenged, uh, where do your decisions fall? Uh, the flesh is always easy. The flesh is always, uh, it doesn't take much effort. Uh, the flesh is pleased when you disobey God. But, I mean, when, when you make steps into the spiritual, it's not always easy. You know, dominion silenced the argument. Verse 15, Naomi says, See your sister Law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. In other words, go with the crowd. Uh, go with the expected. Everyone else is doing it. Go, Ruth. But verse 16, uh, Ruth said, uh, uh, be not, uh, Do not argue with me or do, or do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will be, uh, there I will be buried. May the Lord do also to me, and even more, if anything but death separates uh, you. Amen and me. So this, this statement silenced the argument. Dominion will silence the emotions. Uh, amen. So here it is. Uh, Naomi's all fired up, and uh, she's pushing away. But when, when uh, uh, Ruth stood her ground... Uh, and use that dominion, it silenced her. The Bible said Naomi quit speaking, quit saying. doesn't mean that she quit talking to Ruth. It meant she quit trying to push the issue. 
Okay, your dominion's won. Uh, uh, okay, you're right. I can see it. Uh, so Ruth is fighting for a spiritual position here. And thank God she has dominion to do that. Orpha, she goes back to uh, Moab, is never heard from again. But where do your decisions fall, especially in critical times? Is it let's go to church or stay home? Oh, I feel a little sick. Come on, we're not in COVID anymore. That, that was used too much in COVID. I think I feel I'm probably 101, Pastor. I better stay home. All right, I'll, keep, I'll stay off that one. But listen, Naomi is a picture of your mind. The picture of your past, your insanity, your anger, your bitterness. Everything Naomi speaking is out of a, out of a difficult past. And many times your mind will speak that when you try to step out and believe, God, I'm not going to follow that insanity anymore. Uh, I mean, that mind will come up and try to get a hold of you. But here's Ruth. Uh, she has dominion here. Verse 18, And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Again, this doesn't mean they didn't have any more conversations, but uh, Naomi seen, hey, she's going to cast out, down that nonsense right away. Every time I try to speak negative or, or, or speak bitterness, Naomi casts it right down, so I'm not even going to say nothing. Man, when you get around people that, that when you got dominion, you walk in, they don't even try it anymore. That's, that's a good feeling, man. They don't try to talk nonsense to you anymore because you know that, hey, that, they're going to cast it down quick. That's, that's a picture of dominion. Come on. You know, your mind has, the, has to honor the decisions of your will. This is a powerful truth. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, when you decide make a decision, your mind has to honor that decision. You have to tell yourself, straighten up. Quit talking like that. Quit thinking like that. Come on. Uh, quit saying that to your wife, your husband. Quit saying that to other people, and your, uh, your mind, uh, uh, man, honors that. You know, when you make a decision to do God's will, many times the torment, the confusion, the frustration leaves. When you make a decision, I'm going to serve God, do the will of God, all these mind battles many times will go and, because we're just waiting for you to make up your mind. Once you make a decision for God, even your emotions have to honor your will. I've seen people that are all over the place, but they make a decision. Okay, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not thinking that anymore. I'm not going to act like that. I'm not going to blow up or whatever. Uh, and it seems like everything else is straightened out. Their emotions settle down and things really begin to help and work for them. I've seen people make a decision uh, uh, and they're able to love people again. They're able to work with people that they never could work with before because they simply made the decision that I'm going to love these people, work with these people, uh, and all of a sudden uh, it's, it, they're happy together. They're laughing together, doing things together simply because they made a decision. You know, we see in Ruth 2, dominion is not afraid to serve. Ruth 2, 2, and Ruth said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. And she said to her, 
Go, my daughter. Gleaning was for the poor in those days. It's, from, it's for the destitute, the nobodies. Uh, uh, they were the looked down on, the mocked, the belittled. Uh, but here's Dominion. Uh, Dominion said, listen, I will serve. I don't care what anybody says about it. I will take the position of a servant. I'm going to serve uh, in the church. I'm going to serve in the will of God. Whatever needs to be done, I will serve. I don't care what people say, what they think. I am going to be a servant. And dominion uh, is not afraid to serve. You know, the truth is, it is in the field of labor where God blesses. It's those who serve in the church that end up being blessed. It's those who serve in life... uh, it seemed like they received a blessing of God upon their life. Verse 8, then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go glean in another field or leave this one. Boaz was a rich man. He followed this year. He began to pursue Ruth. Uh, Ruth is, uh, went from an outcast, a, uh, from a cursed nation, uh, by decision uh, uh, through dominion. And now she is going to be married to uh, Boaz. Uh, and they're going to have a son by the name of Obed. Obed means to serve or save to serve. Obed became the father of Jesse. Hundreds of years later, uh, Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. That's what dominion does. Amen. And dominion, when we have a dominion in our mind, uh, listen, there's so many things it brings to us. Look lastly here. When you have dominion, you don't give up. Verse 16, therefore, in our text, therefore, we do not give up. When people have a dominion, when they realize, listen, uh, I may be a clay jar on the outside, we're fragile, we're easy, we're weak many times, easily damaged, but when we realize who is living in us, can you say, man, uh, the power, the glory of God that's in us, uh, when we realize that, we won't give up, we won't just throw in the towel. Paul said we don't give up because we realize it's not just about us, it's about Who's in us? Dominion understands that the external uh, battles make us stronger spiritually. Look, it says, even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person uh, is being renewed day by day. This is saying every battle is going to make you stronger. Every battle is going to make you greater uh, as a Christian. Every battle is going to help you uh, uh, amen, as you live for God. And I can say that's true. Dominion understands that these light afflictions are producing an eternal hope in us. It says for monetary light affliction producing in us uh, an absolutely unimpairable eternal weight of glory. Paul's saying, listen, when I go through on the outside, yeah, I may not be getting everything I want. There may be uh, some persecution, some challenges, but all what's happening on the inside. What God is doing on the spiritual man, how... I am being built up the things that's been added to me spiritually. Dominion helps you keep your eyes on Jesus. Our text says so, so we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. In other words, when I'm going through things, I'm not looking at what I'm going through. There's something greater I have my eyes on. I got my eyes on Jesus. Uh, and I know uh, this light affliction, even if I don't get what I want, don't turn out like I want. Listen, I've got my eyes on Jesus here. See, what does your dominion say this morning? Dominion looks to the power of God in times of weakness. It says, now we have this earth, in, or we have this treasure in jar of clays. 
So this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. You know, at best, we are jar clays. We're clay jars. Easily broken and destroyed. If it's just up to us, the devil's going to smash us. Kick us, crack us, break us. Uh, we'd be a mess if it's just up to us. And Paul said, listen, by ourselves, we need to understand this as a Christian. Uh, on our own, by ourselves, we're a clay jar. Amen. Uh, and demonic is very easily just crack and break. But with Jesus in us, uh, I, don't, I can't draw the picture I got in my mind, but it's like this power in us. Uh, it doesn't allow the, the, J, the, the clay jar to crack. Amen. Many times the devil might hit us, uh, kick us, uh, try to break us. Uh, there's a power of God that holds it all together on the inside. The devil doesn't have his way. Uh, he doesn't force his will because this power that's in us uh, is so great. Uh, amen. It just holds the clay jar together. Uh, uh, even when the devil takes his hammer, the sledgehammer, it's, a, it's like we're together. We're not being broken because this power that's in us. You know, this word extraordinary means uh, uh, inimparable, strong, far beyond amazing and marvelous. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. Colossians 2.14 Having wiped out the handwritten of requirement that is against us, which was contrary to us, has taken it out by the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. That's who lives in us. That's the power that Paul's talking about. If we understand who Jesus is, the power that he has, uh, the creative power, the power over every demonic, every power, every dominion, when we understand that he lives in us, uh, when we understand this power of God is in us, listen, uh, it gives a great victory in life. First Peter 3.21, uh, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven, and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities, powers having been made subject to Him. Uh, for, uh, Ephesians 1.7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of... That's who's in you and I. Amen. The power of God is in you and I. And once we realize that, we get our mind around this. Uh, it's important as a Christian we do that. We don't live by just by the flesh and, and what we see on the outside, but we have an internal power that's in us, a, a powerful force that cannot be defeated. And listen, especially this time of the month uh, or this time of the year, amen, October, listen, uh, it seems like the demonic is really at work in marriages and minds and and physical bodies trying to make him sick and disabled. And listen, but once you realize this power, God, I'm bringing forth your words, your power, and you begin to speak uh, to the circumstance, uh, your mind, your marriage. I'm telling you, it brings a great difference. You begin to feel the victory, the power of God begins to move through you, and you're a new person. Last scripture. We're not alone in the battle. Trials of life, Psalms 91.15. You shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That's to you and I from God. God said, listen, if you just realize what you have, get me involved in your life, your times of trouble. Listen, I'll blow your mind what I will do for you. Let's bow our heads this morning. You know, the enemy is hoping.